Hi, I'm Zoe. Hi, I'm Hakeem. Welcome to Project Insights. Today we'll be talking with Brian Sullivan, our new operations lead in Rhode Island. He's going to share insight into his work in the Rhode Island market. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me on. So tell us more about yourself, Brian, and what do you do for PMA? I'm the director here at PMA on uh, Rhode Island's operations. I've been with PMA for about five months right now, and I bring 24 years of experience, and I'm excited to be part of the PMA team to bring PMA into the Rhode Island market. You also have experience in design and project management and project control? Yes. Yeah, so um, my background, um, when I started, I started in the construction field um, as an assistant superintendent with a site uh, heavy highway contractor. Um, and that's where I, I learned about construction and learned about the nuts and bolts and how things went together. Um, I also saw there was a big role of moving into the project management role. And in lieu of going into the project management on half of a contractor, I went into the consulting world and the first step as an engineer in the consulting world was initially with design and with um, some project management. And as those processes developed, became more and more on the project management end. So that's a lot of where my background started from originally and then developed into a sort of a background of construction, some design, and then 20 years of pure project management schedule. What did you get your degree in, Brian, our degrees? My undergrad is in civil engineering. Um, then while I was working in consulting, I went back to school at night and got my master's in engineering and then my MBA. So oh, wow. I, always, I always worked on behalf of the working towards the business project management and more so the, the pure um, design and um, at the time, University of Hartford had a dual program where you can get yes. an MBA and an engineering master's for almost the same amount of credits as an MBA. So I ended up getting both or just close to the same amount of credits. So it was a, a good thing to do, especially when, uh, when I was younger and had a lot of time to do it. So when you were first starting out um, in the construction world, were they always projects in Rhode Island? I was working in I was working in Rhode Island initially, and then I went back to Connecticut, where I was originally from, and I was working for Parsons Brinkerhoff, that's now WSP, and they were heavily involved with the I ninety five and I ninety one interchange program. So that's where I was doing a lot of the work. Actually, was in the Connecticut with some work in New York, some work in Massachusetts, all based out of that Connecticut office, which kind of treats the market as kind of New England. So you were kind of within that New England market, and that's where they that office, even though it was mostly design, and I did a lot, you know, quite a bit of design. They were really branching into the the program management at the time. And this was probably like 2001 when they were really, you know, looking at they were going to direct a lot of the consulting efforts for even a large design firms into program management. And that was a 15 year project that they were really just embarking on. And that's where I saw the opportunity to do more and more on the project management and and so the, the, the pure design end of it. So Rhode Island has um, some unique characteristics and challenges 
Can you share some insight into how your experience in Rhode Island in specifically has informed your work in project controls? Um, Rhode Island is unique because up until so many years ago, five, six, seven, eight years ago, it was it was really a, a local firm based market. It was mostly local firms. There were some larger firms that would be working in there with a local office, but most of the work was actually driven and performed by local firms. A lot of the construction was physically done by firms, uh, companies that were in Rhode Island and Rhode Island based more so than out of state um, contractors. Over the last five to eight years, that's really shifted to um, much more outside firms are coming in. A lot from Massachusetts are working in Rhode Island now. There's been a lot of buyouts of companies. So a lot of the smaller firms that were less than 100 um, people, in those cases, um, people were getting older. There was no one to bought them out. They ended up selling to much larger firms. So now Rhode Island has, my background in Rhode Island was always smaller. A lot of things were done all within the local markets with the local companies. Um, and with that, um, my experience was always, you had people with um, a lot of background into an area, into the communities that they were doing projects with. And now that's shifted to now much larger firms. So you may have an expert coming on a specific project, but it's not familiar with and, the community. Yeah, and that make you unique because you are from the market of Rhode Island, which you bring uh, the local community angle and as well with BMA expertise. Do you have any examples of a particularly complex or high profile project you've managed in Rhode Island? We were heavily involved with the I-195 project, um, which was considered, which was called the Highway um, back in, it was like 10 years ago, probably maybe even just a little bit more, um, where they were realigning I-195 um, that connects Providence going out towards Massachusetts, towards Cape. And we are heavily involved with the scheduling, the project controls from the early stages of conceptual design all the way through the completion of construction. And that included helping provide constructability reviews and scheduling how that project in downtown Providence would coordinate with all the other projects, all the other traffic shifts, all the other work that was going on. Um, and what we, we spent a lot of time was as projects were in progress and schedules were shifting, we we're able to still maintain that coordination. You know, initially, you know, phase one and phase two of the two different projects weren't going to conflict. But as one project got delayed, where are they going to conflict? And we were involved with all of them, so we were able to identify those elements. Very interesting. Was it design build or? No, at that time, they were only doing design bid build yes in Rhode Island they didn't get into the design build until about uh four or five years ago so uh, there was virtually no DOT work that was design build they had I think they had one small project maybe 10 years ago it was a couple million dollars design build mm -hmm. and then the next one they did was the recent route 610 and change which was over a couple hundred million dollars design build, but they didn't do much in the middle. 
And how you manage that schedule? It must be like complicated with thousands of activity. Very, very complicated, many phases, many traffic, many traffic shifts. And, and the challenge of design build is the design isn't fully done. Yes. When they first developed the schedule and they're, they're trying to manage the schedule and the timeline, but the contractor and teams acknowledging that yeah. we haven't even finished designing the entire project to be able to tell you how long that phase is going to yeah. take because we haven't figured out how we're going to build it and they're not designing elements you know the idea behind the design build is that you can progress the work and your your design can be just almost just in time as you're progressing it so yes there is a challenge with the scheduling of that yes especially when you have the scope not well defined and then you have to have the construction schedule out which will impact how how much time you're going to put to this activity if the scope is not really clear right right so um you've been working in rhode island for 24 years i know you've mentioned that larger firms have started to come working working into the market do you think that's changed based on the type of projects that are happening in rhode island or you know what other changes do you think have happened over that time period i actually think the biggest reason for that is um the 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 age of the firm of the smaller firms a lot of the smaller firms were started by somebody in the 70s or you know early 80s and now that you know and they grew it and they are less than 100 some cases they're 50 or 40 um and there's there's not a you know there's nobody to to continue that on so that firms are selling out to much larger firms and that's bringing in the newer firms in the larger firms so that's a big that's one of the big elements that's bringing in okay and larger firms buying the smaller firms and now now they have a presence with local people that have been around for quite a while you know with a new name and then i think there's also some of the design builds have brought in some of the larger outside firms because now that's the, the design bills that they put out have been 200 million dollar projects now you're looking for um, a firm with much more capabilities to be able to do a large design in a short window yes um they have contractors with higher bonding capacities to be able to take on these significantly larger projects or take the risk to go into a design build which is harder and more difficult for Yes, smaller companies and smaller firms. Yes, with the design build, the risk is considerably shifted to the contractor designer more than the owners. In, so, in that, sorry, but you know, I was going to say, and the, and there's also the risk of during the the bid process because it is a significant cost to put a design build proposal together. Yes, and the smaller firms and the smaller contractors that that's um, a significant cost that they're absorbing to be able to potentially get a project much more cost than if they were just doing the traditional, you know, submission of a bid. Yes, OB gets the project. Exactly. Yes. So what has your transition to PMA been like? you know, as a company compared to, you know, other places that you've worked in Rhode Island, working to transitioning to a firm that's, you know, not from Rhode Island. The, the transition has been 
easy. And the biggest reason why I say that is um, PMA has a great reputation. It has a great reputation in, in Massachusetts because there are so many people that, uh, while there wasn't a lot of firms that were in Massachusetts working Rhode Island, all the Rhode Island firms were working in Massachusetts. So all the Rhode Island firms that I had a relationship with have to work for Mass Duty, work for DTM, work for Connecticut Duty, work on schools in Massachusetts. They work on all these different entities. And PMA has a very, very strong reputation in, especially in the Boston area, but in Massachusetts in general. So to say I'm going to PMA and I'm going to be local to Rhode Island um, that was very well re received because that brings in uh, uh, a provider, uh, a firm to provide services that there's a need for um, that already has a great reputation. So I have a really an existing relationship with a lot of clients and now you're going to a firm that's well known, well respected, just didn't have a local presence before. So the transition so far has been very well received um, and um, and very positive with a lot of opportunities. That's very interesting. And how about you personally? Uh, with how what you learned about BMA culture and BMA DNA, and how you you find your way within the organization. The, the transition on that level has been has been very smooth. Um, the, from the Every aspect of the support that you get, if you put a proposal together, there's support to put it together. I came from a smaller firm before where you wore a lot of different hats. You put a proposal together, you wrote the proposal. The, the invoices came in, you were you know, executing and checking invoices here. Um, there's a large team to support, but not a thousand people. Yes. It's still on the smaller scale of a company of you know almost 400, but you still know who everybody is. There's an issue, you know who to go to. If you have help, you know who to go to. And when you're going after work or you need something, um, again, to market is easy because there's a whole team that's consistently supporting you and doing and getting everything up and running that you need up and running that my past experience would have been doing all on your own and trying to get it all done. So you are the marketer, the proposal yeah. and the person who does and the does work the and then collect the, the payment. Right. right, right. <laughs> Which happens in the, you know, the smaller firms yeah. where, and, and there's a lot of smaller firms in this business and scheduling and project controls. There's yeah. a lot of firms that have 20, 30 people. Um, and when you're at that 20, 30 mark, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge to get all that work, get all the administrative aspects yes. done the client relationships um, maintained and do the actual work. And this is also a testament to the connection the people in these small firms has with the local market and how their relationship built on their connections in Rhode Island that built this business and they maintained their businesses all this time right. through the thick and thin given the market and that what you bring now to BMA, your connection, and that would open how you will make BMA more competitive in the market of Rhode Island, if you give us some insight on that. Okay. Um, it's funny because I was at, we, we've been, PMA is now a member of ACEC Rhode Island and we've attended numerous events um, mm -hmm. and I've attended numerous events and um, 
old clients and connections I had um, have asked them how the transition to PMA has been, and, and they've had similar experiences when they've gone to other firms. Again, where you're going from, you had to do a lot of everything because you were small, and how enjoyable it is to all of a sudden have an entire team. So again, I think that the Rhode Island market is changing, and when I joined PMA appeared to be right there at the time when everybody else was going through a level of transition as well and can appreciate that oh now I'm with a company that there's a larger team to support you it makes you it makes for more opportunities um it makes for our um developing relationships easier it, it, you're able to adapt to what clients need faster if client needs I need four people to help tomorrow well, now you could get resources to help them easily. So as um, the lead of PMA's efforts in Rhode Island, what responsibilities do you take on? And, you know, what does a typical day or week look like for you? Okay. Those are developing and changing day to day right now as, as, this, has take, as this has taken off. Um, the first step we really took was reestablish connections and relationships. We were able to secure some old clients I had worked with before to come over and, um, you know, we started new projects. Um, it's a lot of reconnecting with connections that I had um, that's attending events. Um, ACEC Rhode Island is a large organization that I was involved with before that we're attending now. Um, we had uh, relationships with existing contractors and architectural communities. We've been to numerous events with everything from ACEC Rhode Island to some of the contractors to architectural boards. Um, there's a few attorneys that I had worked with in the past. Ironically, PMA, uh, Gary Jensen, who he had worked with them in the past. So we actually attended an open house with them uh, just a couple of weeks ago just to say hi again which was, again, that was, that was an easy event to attend. I had an existing relationship with them on a smaller scale. The firm I worked for before was smaller. They weren't, we, we worked well, but we didn't have the capacity to take on a much larger claim. Gary um, from our, you know, from PMA and his team had the ability to do that and had worked with them many times. So it was great to walk in and say, well, you know, I'm here with Gary. We've all worked actually before. Now we could work together again. We have an office that's two blocks from your office. <laughs> um, so a lot of reconnecting and um, actively working. So um, as we're working on projects, I'm walking on sites and working with clients again now under the, the skies of, of PMA and the new role. Um, we're actively setting up an office. We have an office in Rhode Island. Um, it's, uh, you know, discussing with them on, you know, expansion and how much space we need. Um, we, you know, there's a lot of little stuff at the beginning when we were, you know, just getting the website up and updated to get, you know, add Rhode Island onto the website, which <laughs> was a little effort at the beginning, which was a new, a new step. Um, and then on top of that, it's, you know, just doing the, the regular work and actually learning the technical aspect because PMA has a, a depth of of knowledge. So it's great to work with other people at PMA to also um, 
you know, strengthen my skill set and then to learn what else PMA offers, because as we're out there talking in Rhode Island, PMA has has a very diverse knowledge base. So there's more services that they offer than my past experience, risk management, um, value engineering services, um, some of those things that I had never been involved with. So sometimes I'll get questions from clients that I've known and like, do you do this? And I'm like, I have to check. <laughs> I'm not sure everything that we offer. So do you have any advice or tips for project managers aspiring to establish themselves in Rhode Island? I would say being involved with with uh, the community, the, the community and the professional societies to establish themselves because those are the, you know, within those communities are those professional organizations are the people that have worked in the state for a long time, are familiar with it, are familiar with the the challenges of design, the challenges of construction, um, the the challenges of the environment. Just um, if you're working, you know, there's a, there's a lot of coastal projects that are unique to that area that are different than other areas. Um, there's another area in within the state that has a lot of work right now with Quonset um point where electric boats building facilities right now so there's a whole hub of of work going on in that area so it's hard to know what that is until you get involved with some of these organizations and professional organizations so are do you have some examples of recent project successes that you've become involved with in rhode island yes um actually this morning i was on meetings with Brown University. We're actively working with Brown on four projects, um, helping them with project controls and scheduling. Um, I had worked with Brown for over 12 years providing scheduling and project control services um, and OPM services on one particular project. And um, again, PMA had such a great name that come when I came over, um, we had followed up with them and then within a couple of months they had given us our first project and then I'm up there so later we got our second project so we're helping them with numerous projects over this summer as they they're in their construction sprint season to do projects when the students are off campus um, also working with uh, PMA's OPM group um, we were successful in winning the OPM services contract with the Bristol Warren School District, which was a project where they're looking to do renovations to some schools and also looking to build a new high school. So that's a significant effort. And that um, time timing was well. It was a good again. It was a good a great crew with PMA's OPM group. Um, it was not a lot of effort on my part except helping them out a little, going to some meetings, going to some interviews, but. You're, you're marketing PMA where you already have a group of people that have a great reputation in Massachusetts. And it just so happened that some of the people on the school committee board had relationships in Massachusetts that they had familiarity with PMA. And now that PMA had local presence, it, yes. was, uh, it was a great win. Uh, you mentioned uh, the unique characteristics of Rhode Island, and you mentioned some projects about uh, uh the short projects and the other projects which uh make you wonder what the trends and the development that do you anticipate in Rhode Island in terms of project management and project control in the future years to come 
the, the big ones that they're talking about at Rhode Island is it's going to be a lot of schoolwork, yeah. um, which is the you know OPM project controls. There's there's a uh, there's uh, a lot of schools and they didn't do uh, they didn't do many. I know Massachusetts had done more over the past so many years. Rhode Island's been promising, but it hasn't happened. And it's anticipated. Uh, the other ones at the universities, where there's uh, the, the universities are all growing. There's there's many universities, you know, within Pro Providence, the city of Providence alone, everything from Brown, you know, Rhode Island College, RISD, Providence College, um, Johnson and Wales. So there's a, there's a lot of projects right there. There's a lot of utility work, offshore wind that's going to happen. So there's there's mo there's a lot of work. Um, I think that's where that's also attracting a lot of outside firms because there's probably more work than there's capacity within the state right now to provide services. So I see all those as positive opportunities that we have the knowledge from other areas to be able to support those services. So as a final question, on a personal level, what aspects of working in Rhode Island do you find the most rewarding and you know how has it contributed to your satisfaction in your career? I mean, I love Rhode Island. I do live down in the South County area, so it's a really nice area to live. Um, and I've been working there for so long. I've been involved with projects for that I've seen constructed or that I worked on or that I contributed on, you know, 20 something years ago. And, you know, now it's time to do maintenance or something else on that project. So it's rewarding to see the full life cycle. And if it went well and, you know, there's something else going on with that. But now you have that whole history of and knowledge of, you know, what are all the different projects that are there? What's what's happened there? What, you know, what have you worked on? What have I um, been involved with? So that's the exciting opportunity to actually use all that information so that when you know pursuing a project there's a knowledge of it versus just going after a project in another state that you've never been to and for example when we went after the Bristol Warren my mother-in-law taught in the school and she went to that high school back many years ago and there's a river that goes under the the, the school and literally goes under the school and open the door and the water goes through the basement and you wouldn't know that unless you lived there or you knew people that went there. So I think that that's the that's what I like being there. I, I live there. You know, our kids are growing up there. So to be able to use the knowledge and then to work with the with a strong PMA team that brings it, you know, a wealth of experience. Just it's it's a win win. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us and coming on our podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. And again, welcome to BME. Thank you. We hope that this conversation was beneficial to our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on Project Insights. Mm -hmm.